from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. French Open, the best of matches and the worst of matches. <laughs> huh? Some literate, bring in some literate. I like it. What is that from? Tale of Two Cities. There Charles he is. Dickens. Oh my goodness, he is a learned man. <laughs> That's all I've been doing for the last month is reading. <laughs> reading books. There's no <laughs> chance 1800s. you've read anything. There's no chance. Uh, you're actually 100% right, saying, which is really sad. So does that mean I'm cultured because I just... Um, I think it does. Because I just uh, binge watched Deadwood, which is from the 1800s. <laughs> Are you getting ready for the movie? I'm sorry, what? They're doing a Deadwood movie. You didn't know that? I think it's already out. Oh, there you go. See? I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Um, no, I haven't seen that show ever, um, but I have heard it's good. Yeah, it's all right. But no, that has been a big source of depression in my mind about how I've read nothing for the last two months of barely teaching tennis or going outside, and yet I can't read. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, good thing you majored in what you majored in because you did all that in college. That's right. Now it's over. Now I have an excuse. This week, at least, I had an excuse not to read. We had great tennis. Well, I mean, listen, I gave you a Dickens quote, and you pulled the fact that it was Dickens, because I didn't know where that came from. <laughs> I had some vague idea. Right. I thought that might be it, but uh, I, I wouldn't have, uh, I would have had to call you as my lifeline on who wants to be a That's millionaire. Right. Which is now canceled for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was such a such a popular show and it just went away so quickly it really did so uh yeah we really have had the pinnacle if you will and i'll actually go out on a limb and say that all the people that are overly praising one match in particular um I'm not going to call them dum-dums. I'm going <laughs> to say they might be right. Well, because right now, what you end up having, particularly on the men's side, what you end up having is, oh, a 6-4 set. Oh, the greatest match in the history of the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, every time you win a game, it's because I played like crap. And then every time I won a game, right. you played like crap. And we just did that back and forth for 10 games to make it 6-4. Well, what's frustrating for me is there's been 10 great matches throughout this tournament they've just shown one <laughs> so that's been the greatest they showed well, of all that i mean they've had some 11 nines and 10 eights and far be it for me to make things up on this <laughs> podcast i really don't never i might get stuff wrong unbeknownst to myself but i don't do it intentionally yeah uh I, i've been saying on this podcast and maybe it was the 15 shows in a row without you i was all by myself <laughs> rambling into the microphone Felt like that many for eight minutes at a time <laughs> uh but i did say that clay lends itself potentially lends itself to uh, better quality matches because you have more time to set up, hit, you get to hit more your, of your shots, and provided that you, the, the two people on either end of the court are, you know, physical equals, and they can maintain that level, you know, uh, on on par with their opponent, then that's what you get, and I think that's what we've gotten. So the best match, men or women of the entirety uh, of the first half of this tournament. And I'm not going to say all year. Get a hold of yourselves. But it <laughs> might but it might be on the men. Yeah. It really could be on the men. Um, was probably five times in that entire match where they had little 
shorter lulls of crappiness. Right. But overall, the percentage is probably, you know, 95-5 or, you know, or 90-10 at worst in terms of both players. Because, again, we've always talked about this. What makes a great match? Both opponents playing at their best at the same time. And I think at least 90% of that Wadarinka match, that's what the case, that, that was the case. Well, and I think it's so rare for us with the men's two that there was about five times during that match I just sort of took a breath and said, I don't know who's going to win this. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't happen. Even, you know, when Nadal and team are six all in the fifth in that U.S. Open, it's like, we know who's going to win. Right. And yeah, if if they lose some of those, then we start thinking differently. But in that match, I just, there were it, many times yeah. I was like, I don't know who's going to win this. Right. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen on this break point, you know, this set point, this match point, which was a crazy match point, too. And we've had mayhem, carnage, as <laughs> always, on the women's side. Right. But it doesn't matter because there's still a lot to be gained from watching the women's draw. But on the men's, it's so rare that we see this performance from both players at the same time. And furthermore, not just some nobody wants playing out of his mind. I mean, Warinka is part of the big four. Right. Which, again, to refresh your memory uh, of the tens of thousands <laughs> of fans who have forgotten since Corey's been gone. <laughs> um, the big three or the big three? Nadal, Fed, Djokovic, no particular order. Don't at me. <laughs> so those are the big three. With nobody anywhere close to being N- with a, in the top three. a wide gap between, as a matter of fact, it takes three, three players <laughs> to, that make up the big three, hence big three. However, it takes a multitude of players to make up the one big four. Right. The big four is only one spot made up of Murray, you know, may may his game rest in peace. We don't know. (laughs) Uh, I see him on Twitter every now and again. He's, you know, on a court somewhere. He's going to probably play mixed doubles or some garbage at Wimbledon. Fever tree. Uh, Oh, (laughs) man. uh, Boodles. Please be the Boodles. Uh, So, anyway, so the big four is Andy Murray. Basically, anyone who has gotten at least one Grand Salami uh, tournament, a major, uh, within this period of the big three. And so, Which I think is just four people, right? Chilich, Delpo, um, Murray, Warinka. Um, I think that's it. That might be yeah, it. Shakori made a final, but he's not really in that group. He might be, though. He's close. I think he's in that group in terms of the fact that he could win one. He's just had more injury problems than others. Yeah. And plus, he's a diminutive fellow. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, I'm bringing the heat. You are. Bringing literary quotes and big <laughs> words. Um, so that's the big four. So And then you have the next gen, which is that first group, the older group that turned pro, you know, in 12, you know, you know, yeah, eleven early to mid two thousand thirteen. Um, no, 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 no. So like, I mean, early mid two thousand tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, teams Zverev, even though he's younger, but it, right, but he's turned pro earlier. Teams right. Zverev, Chorich, Sock, who's not Jack around Sock. anymore. Jack Sock. <laughs> we um, will always get him in every show, one way or the other. I hope so. Oh, <laughs> I hope so. And then we have the next next gen, which are regardless, it's it's about tennis age, about turn pro age, not age age. Uh, so, Tsitsipas, Felix, FAA, Shapovalov, um, you know. Uh, Demon Hour. Demon Hour. There's, I mean, obviously, there's There's others. a couple more, sure. Uh, and so, those are our groupings. And so, typically, we don't see great matches when you intermingle the 
any of the generations. Right. So the big three dominate every the, the, the big three dom, beat everyone, but dominate the next gen and the next next gen. Yeah, and this was kind of the perfect matchup because it's like the number most people consider either four or five versus probably the number one of the next next gen. So it's like that right. perfect kind of opportunity. Right. So we got a big four who's now back. Yeah. He was out while Rinka was hurt and whatever. Top 20 happened. for the first time in like two years. Yeah. And he's certainly at that talent level, obviously, because he's got, you know, titles. Um, and so, yeah. And so he's playing a next next gen and the, the, the maybe the best guy of the next next gen. And it was an absolute blockbuster. Uh, like I said, I think the level at the same time was high for a good percentage. And again, I've never I've never had an issue. Here's what our issue should be week in week out. Who's going to crack at the big points? Right. Who's going to buckle just the slightest bit when it matters the most? That's what these matches should turn on. Yeah. Not Wow, he lost the first set 7-6 and then 6-0, 6-0. Wow. <laughs> That's because that's what normally happens. They might have an, enough in them for a set, yeah. but then it, it just falls to, you know. Um, and this was not that. This was a pretty high level all the way through. A little dicey with some calls at the tail end, which was, you know, too bad. There were many opportunities for him to fade away, though, either player, really, that, you know, we would have expected from other next next gen or next gen. And again, you know, the serve percentage or break percentage. I don't. It doesn't bother me on clay, you know, because right. you know, Sita Pass had twenty plus break opportunities. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. What bothered me is how he could only convert five or however many it was, out right. of twenty-seven or something. But but at the same time, it's on clay, and so that lessens the effectiveness to some degree. Yeah, and while Rinka's, he had the ability. If he got his first serve in, it was tough. Yeah, and and it actually he got it in a little bit sporadically, which actually made it harder. I'm sure. Yeah. At one point, Spitzivas almost got aced by second serve because it was he could barely get up to it. It was like a right. like a changeup, and I don't know if it was intentional or not. And there was some wind, you know they they really don't do justice to the players because I think this whole tournament has been super windy, and they just might mention you know once every match oh, it's you know a little windy out there, right. and I think it's probably twenty plus for a lot of these matches because like he whiffed a ball. We've been I've been yeah. seeing some crazy frame shots and yeah. And some of that could be bad balances because Clay gets caked up in an area and hits a bad area and, and kind of shoots sideways a little. But yeah, that that match, I started, the, uh, that was today, so we're recording on Sunday evening, and that was this morning. Um, and I, I watched the first two sets and maybe the first like four games of the third, I think. And then I pulled a Corey. I hit the record <laughs> button, hit the record button, and then uh, scurried on to church to get right with the Lord, and uh, and then I came back, and I what I didn't do, though, is I didn't turn the TV I was off. Say, yeah, and it, so I walked, oh. right back into the li- I walked right back into my living room. The TV's on. <laughs> so it's live. It's recording, but it's live, so I've recorded it for nothing. So you don't go back. You're just like, no, oh, so I, I might like, as well just join it now. Yeah, so I just uh, so I watched uh, the fifth set, basically. I was like, come on! Well, yeah, and then it switched to NBC, so it's like, if you did record it, that could have been, you know, that could have messed you up. Yeah, that's true, too. I would have had to switch over record. Yeah. Well, when it, yeah, I got there before it switched over to NBC, and uh and but yeah what what a uh what a match yeah and, i mean 
outside of the break points, the two things that surprised me the most, I had never seen, and I consider CT Foss one of my favorite players, but I have not seen him that often just because they don't show, you know, young up and comers that often. It's always the big four or whoever, but I had never seen him get that sort of mentally unstable and it seemed to be That's thro- an throughout the match. Sir. It was throughout the match. That's an understatement. <laughs> and it was weird too, because it would be like, you know, five, four, 40, 15, and he'd lose a point and like, you know, fire onto the crowd. I'm like, you still have a game point. Like you still have a set point. Like, it was just weird times for him to go off. I thought. Yeah. So he sits down on the bench after getting broken or missing an opportunity, like nine break opportunities, you know, for him or whatever. And he sits down on the bench and then, boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, he throws water <laughs> bottles, a racket, and then he starts hitting himself in the head violently. Well, and violently. Have you? Are I don't you, like it. Have you ever been a racket thrower? Um, no. I would just. I would be a little like fourteen-year-old version of myself cussing <laughs> and saying bad words. So I'll be the the racket thrower of the two of us because I have occasionally thrown them, but. If I don't throw a racket in the first like three seconds, it's over. Like I'm, I'm right. I'm you're fine. Pa- you're past. So it. I can't relate to someone who walks the changeover, sits down, <laughs> and then like the Baghdadis from when he pulled the five rackets out of his bag and broke them all consecutively. Yeah, that's a bit like, much. I right? don't like that's to me just weird. And yeah, people are gonna say, well, you didn't play for millions of dollars. You didn't play that. It's like it's not that's it's we're talking about human, you know, psychology. Right. I just don't. I don't get that. And then, yeah, he's he's down 40-15 the final game, and he hits himself in the head eight times. I'm like, <laughs> you know, of all times to do that, that's probably the worst time right, to do let's, that. Right, let's concuss ourselves and throw <laughs> our balance off a little. But, yes, but, but that, and then the other thing I was going to say was, you know, a lot of people I've talked to and read online that, oh, man, you know, CT, after this match was like, oh, CT Poss is just, he's clearly the next big thing. And I still think that, but I think this match makes me less excited than I was after the Federer match. Whew. And, you know, it's a great match. You battle all the way through. But I just think that I was really, really excited in the Australian. Now I'm still excited, but I'm like, I saw a lot more chinks in the armor than I expected to see. Well, first of all, I'll, you know, I'll give him a little bit of a pass because some of his skills don't translate to clay. I mean, well, I was trying to think about that, too. He's a very good volleyer. Yeah. I mean, his volleys are really good. And and he couldn't come in. Like, well, that, it was well, so hard to come in on Warinka. Well, that, too. And and I've never, I mean, the, the shot making, people might not really be. If you don't see a ball go past somebody, like, either at a sharp angle or a laser down the line and they're diving for it, you might not think a passing shot is spectacular. <laughs> But when you when a guy's closing the net and you're two feet behind the baseline with a one a one-handed backhand, and you dip the ball right over the net strap and hit his shoe tops, and all he 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 didn't even hit the net strap going back up right. from the volley. It just went right into the net because he's dipping that ball to be able to dip that ball, and it's right to him. So right. It's not a spectacular, sharp angle that, you know, ooh, ah, and, yeah. or, or down the line where he's died. He did dive once, by the way. Like, he dives like three times, he, actually. So um, He didn't make any of the shots, I don't think. Yeah, so, but that is spectacular. And the difference between a put-together game plan like Warinka and some of these next gens like Zverev or who 
I mean, it just looked night and day. And since Bass is he's twelve years old in terms of his pro career, <laughs> right. you know, he's still a, a preteen. Um, he's got to stop losing his mind. He's got he he's got well, to stop. I, I being didn't a realize maniac. that was a problem for him. And now that I've watched this, I'm like, okay. And they showed some like previous stuff, and I was like, okay, I didn't realize this was an issue. I guess because I've mainly seen him win. Well, yeah, I've seen it before. Um, we talked about it on the podcast before because I coached a player that used to smack himself in the face. <laughs> right. Um, if that rings a bell, mm-hmm. and I mean, ain't nobody got time for that. That's only going to hurt him. Right. Uh, obvious, physically, obviously, <laughs> but also just you know, game wise. I mean, he's got to control his emotions. One well, McEnroe actually said something I never have heard before, and this may be obvious to you, but he said that one of the reasons that Samper struggled so much at the French is because when you come in and do that split step, it's like you don't really get set because the right. because you're sliding. And I saw that several times with Tsitsipas. He would do the split step, and it looked like he wouldn't really in position for right. the volley. And I had never really thought of it that way. I've always thought about, oh, the other guy has more time, the ball sits up higher. I didn't really think of the actual volleyer of why that would be an issue. Yeah. But I could see that being a problem, well, too. Well, not just the split step, but every single movement, pushing off, because you don't have time. Right. You know, it's boom, boom, boom. You know, quick quick reactions when you're at the net. And if you have don't have good footing... You know, now the the difference, you know, in grass, you don't have good footing either, but neither does your opponent to right. pick up that ball and do anything with it. Um, and so they've got, you know, lesser of a margin as well. But, but I'd like um, to see his net stats. I bet he was still 60, 70 percent at yeah. least. But man, at, at critical times, Wadarinka really came up with some, again, amazing, but maybe, you know, meat and potatoes looking passing shots where he would just dip it right at his racket and and really seats pass didn't have to move that much it's just it was such a tough volley to pick right. up he just didn't pick it up and you know that's the front end of the old two shot pass on that last uh shot when he did you think that he should have hit it I meaning as it was happening right because uh, when i first saw it i thought it was out um like in flight yeah you thought it was gonna be out and i know that it was I think he could have reached it for sure. It would have obviously been tough. But he also had the whole court open, so if he just reaches it and gets it in, he wins the point. But I was just, I was waiting. That's probably the most dramatic match point I've seen in review because I didn't know if it was in or out. Right. You could tell Warinka thought it was in the whole time. Yeah. But I was, uh, that was pretty exciting. And by the way, uh, the people calling for Hawkeye on clay, just let it go. (laughs) I I don't think it's accurate. I don't uh, think it's accurate It's funny enough. you say that because we had a what point we were watching and we were like, that's not where that ball landed. Right. There's no, there's something wrong with it. I don't know if it's like the granules or what it is. There's something that's not, it's yeah. interfering with that in some way because it's not, Yeah. doesn't look like where the ball lands. Right. I, uh, whatever happened to the, you know, 100 frames per minute or whatever <laughs> camera, the slow-mo the cam, you cam. Know, any of that stuff, yeah. whatever happened to those? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're one of the four biggest tournaments on the planet, why don't you put, you know, five of them, six of them? Well, you'd have one on the, each baseline, one on each service line, yeah, one on the center line. Good lord, that's a lot of cameras. <laughs> oh, you can move them though. Well, I'm sure they've already got some in those positions. But yeah, it's my problem is I don't think the umpire. I think about ten percent of the time the umpire looks at the wrong mark. I think that's certainly a factor. But but I think when they look at the right mark, they're getting it right. You know. The vast majority of the time, and it's hard to see um, if if it's one of those where it, 
you know, elongates and, you know, I mean, because yeah. you look at the, obviously it's not just the size of a ball, uh, you know, it flattens and all the rest of it, but it's hard to tell sometimes. Well, and it's funny when you look at like the, what you're talking about, like the 100 frames per second, the ball doesn't like elongate nearly as much as it does in the Hawkeye version. That's what's kind of funny. Like it doesn't oh, I see. seem nearly like well, the, it, well, like the it ball itself on the does a long it, time. But yeah, it hits and rolls yeah. and then comes up, but it also elongates. Yeah, it doesn't look uh, like it touches nearly as much as the ground when you look at it, the camera as right. it does in the Hawkeye. Well, either way, you'd be able to tell. But can you ever remember a Grand Slam where Federer and Nadal are both playing and they didn't show either of them as a, in, in favor of another match? Right. The, I had never seen that. So I was so excited about that match being on Me too. Re- regular TV because they got it right as far as th- the difference is they probably predicted it ahead of time because if it wouldn't have been and one another match would have been a good match, let's say that ended up being a blowout, right? They wouldn't have switched. Well, and if Nadal so ends they up got lucky. A set, they got lucky. As you well know, if Nadal lost a set, they would have flipped. Which if that if he lost a set, then I'm fine with that. But what irritated me is even when they turned over to Tsitsipas, it was 5-6. And I'm like, and I think Federer was up two sets of love. And I'm like, we could have been watching this for right. the last four games at least, from 3-all right. or 4-all. Yeah. But then um, it was funny when Nadal came on. I think it was Ted Robinson. Was he, on, was he the one on Ted Robinson I and Mary Carillo? At some point he said, I apologize to all you guys who are hoping to see Nadal, but we're going to stay with them. I'm like, nobody wants to see that. Like they don't, they're so out of if touch you, with what you want to see. No, no, no. There are people that just want to see Nadal. <laughs> I don't know. And they're just people that want to see Federer or just want right. to see Djokovic. They're people that don't, aren't tennis fans. They're, they're just idiots. Nadal fans or whatever. They're idiots. They're it, are, they might not be idiots. Nope. They might not be. <laughs> let me. Maybe they're Spanish sh- patriots or. Strike that from the record. They could be their countrymen for sure. But also they, they don't know what is quality tennis and they think, oh, wow, this guy just hitting winners all day, every day is amazing. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Well, then go watch go watch some, <laughs> you know, teaching pro right. play against, you know, a, a, a boys tens little group <laughs> and watch him hit foam balls past these little right. punks. But I mean, it was like, I think Nadal was 5-2 and he said, I apologize. You know, we're not showing you that. We've got, you know, really high quality match here. And I said, don't apologize. This is like, there's no reason to explain it. Yeah. You don't explain when you're not showing a great match when it's 5-6. <laughs> We're sorry. We're staying with this awful blowout, right? And the most amazing match you've ever seen <laughs> is just one court over. Yeah. but we're not going to even talk about it. And then at one point they switched over to Sloan and Muguruza. It was like two all in the fifth, and they showed some like four three game and Muguruza. And I'm like, right? Nobody cares about that. Like it's two all in the fifth. We've watched all four sets leading up to that, and you're going to go away. Every single game in the fifth set matters. Yeah, every single game. Second set, two out of three. I mean, uh, three oh, yeah, out of five. I don't five. mind if they go away early in a Just, different set. Yeah, pop in, give us a little, you know, whatever. No problem. But make sure your anchor match is the one that's going to be the barn burner. Yeah, I, but so that was the first day of the eight days we've had where they did it well, I thought. Right. So there's They've shown about four matches a day, which to me is ridiculous when you've got, you know, 32, 64 well, matches. You've got... At your disposal, you have Tennis Channel Plus. <laughs> well, I don't. You should. But that's part of, I, I'm telling tennis you, that's Channel the Plus, scam. Give us a free situation. I'm, I'm telling you, they're all about sales. That's what they're, they must be making more money off Tennis Channel they Plus. They can't be. <laughs> they, they can't be overall because eventually people just will not, I'm, I won't 
do that. If they if they if they just leave all the good matches, I I will abandon them. Yeah, I will abandon the whole. I will stop watching the whole. I'll I will bootleg it. I'll find one of my college kids to show me how to bootleg watch it on the <laughs> internet somewhere, uh, and I'll just steal it for free. Well, and I trust me, I understand the value of star power. I don't want them to show you know two unseated players at four all in the fifth when you've got you know Feder. I get that, but Warinka and Tsitsipas. I mean, that's two top 20 right you know players that have potential to win the tournament yeah they need to have a matrix or something you know and the, the the top of the hierarchy is two big three players playing each other right at a high level yeah and then the next would be big three versus big four or next gen or next next gen if it's a competitive match right if it's not a blowout so the next one would be any of those other groups Playing each other or themselves, so next gen playing next gen, so team versus Verev or yeah. Seats Pass versus whatever. If it's a high quality, high quality, but you're right. If it gets down to two top fifty guys who are slugging it out, you know, you know, six all in the fifth. Yeah, it does create some drama, but you also know that there are no stakes here, right? Because they're not doing anything in the next round anyway. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, um, but I will say when that matrix goes out the window is if. You know, it all's down a set and three one today. They would have had a real hard time figuring out what to show because he got him down a set and a break. You got Cici Pasqualrinka. That's what I'm okay with him showing Nadal. Right. But even when Nadal lost a set to Goffin, it's like he's up two sets to one. It doesn't. He was matter. already right. It doesn't right. matter. Like was, yeah. Like they didn't need to get all hyped up about that because I think the fourth set was whatever six one or six two. Like it doesn't. That doesn't matter. I don't. Need, to me, they should be barred from showing a match when someone's up two sets to none. I don't right. think that match should be shown ever. Right. Unless it gets to five all Unless the third it was 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. Yeah. If it was 7-6, seven, 7-6, six, seven, six, and both tie breaks were like 13-11. <laughs> or if the if the underdog is ahead, then that's different. You know, if Federer loses the first two sets, right. then of course we got to watch the third set. So, yeah. So another match that could have been good today also was Nishikori and Benoit Pair. And see, they wouldn't have shown a minute of that, I don't think, if and that's a tricky Nadal was one. going on. And that's a tricky one because, I, again, I think Nishikori could be considered that, that big four partially because I think if he's 100% healthy for the last five years all the way through, I think he could have been a threat somewhere. Yeah, and he's been top 10 and Grand Slam finalist. And and, and Benoit Paire, well, he's a goofball. <laughs> but he's my goofball. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was a match where they had quality – in 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 spurts and i knew as soon as um warinka Tsitsipas ended they were going to go to sloan for the duration of that it just didn't last long and then they good. didn't even show did they even show any of pair nishikori where did i watch that i can't remember if i was watching that on my phone i don't they yeah nbc didn't show much of it i'm sure okay then i, I was watching it on my phone no they yeah it was it I do. They might have shown the beginning of it. I can't remember. I can't remember because it, I'm mixing it up with my phone. And <laughs> but they, the problem, the reason NBC don't want to show a match like that is because they're not going to stay on till it ends. Right. So, and then it looks really bad if you're cutting off a match in the middle, um, which they had to anyway because it got dark. But they would have had to stay on about another hour to show as long as they played. Yeah, they went to. Yeah, you know what? It was on NBC. Okay, so they did and show then, some of it. And then I had to finish it on... Actually, but I... What was it on? No, they continued... Yeah, they played the third set. Okay. 
Yeah, they played the full third set. So that's good. That's a, that's surprising. Yeah, so uh, Nisha Corey is up two sets to one. I'm sure that crowd had to be rocking that second set tiebreak. Well, they were trying in the first set, and they were trying <laughs> in the third set. But, you know, Ben Wah. He's a hard, kind of a hard guy to get behind, meaning he's not someone that's going to like just feed off the crowd necessarily. I thought Warinka actually, actually could have fed a lot more off the crowd. Yeah, that's true. Although, actually, Pear was starting to do that a little bit, particularly in the second set, which he won. And I think... Well, that's really his only chance to win, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but I think it's a little outside his comfort zone. And so sort of, you know, because he's yeah. Mr. Enigma guy. Right. You know what I mean? So... He's kind of a whatever, but yeah, so he lost the first set after being up 2-0. He lost six straight <laughs> games. There's nothing more Benoit Pair than being up 2-0 and losing six straight games. Uh, and then he won the second set ten, uh, 10-8 and a breaker, and then lost the third set 6-2. So, um, I, Did you have a problem with them not... He might retire. Not even. He might not even... He's probably already gone. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you have a problem with them not moving that match to a different court because you knew it wasn't going to finish. Yeah, I do. I Definitely. I, I think there's been way too many unfinished matches considering there's been no rain whatsoever. Well, one thing that happens is a tournament director, and I don't know how to about directing a Grand Slam, but is ambitious scheduling always gets you in trouble. Yeah. Ambitious scheduling, whether you're, you know, if you're running a local tournament and you're like, all right, let's just... Yeah, let's give them an hour and fifteen between right. matches. It'll never you'll be backed up from the beginning yeah. of life. And so, you know, like you said, how many matches they have on these courts and obviously three out of five on clay for men really can end up in a three and a half to four hour match. Yeah, so on the main court tomorrow they've got or on the second court, Suzanne Longland, they've got five matches scheduled. Now one of them is that Nishikori pair, but that could be that could be 18 sets they're going to play in a you know a, a 10 hour window. I mean, how are you going to play 18 sets in 10 hours? That would be if they all went to the maximum, right? Um, Which they certainly certainly could. Um, and, and even if the, and that's not even counting the fact they don't even play a tiebreak at the end of the, right. the, fifth, the fifth or the third. So yeah. I mean, there's no way, in my opinion, all five of those matches are going to finish on that court tomorrow. Yeah, unless there's just like two or three blowouts. Ambitious scheduling gets you in trouble. Well, we're just going to have to use our brains. Damn it. <laughs> they, I mean, it, they should just be a little more disciplined and spread these matches out. But yeah, I, I'm i 100% with the fact that they just need to push it later, but start it earlier well, and, than it would have if you're waiting yeah. for a match to finish. And why is this so like unheard of or un, you know, precedented why not just start the match on an outside court after a set move it over to big court who cares i mean i know that's ridiculous but you're basically doing that anyway they're stopping and they're going back in the same court but it's 12 hours later who cares well i think logistically be a problem because all the people that want to go out and watch benoit there and cheer in france they're going to go out there and we had a situation where before a match started they moved nadal did you hear about this? Yeah. And, and immediately, <laughs> a brouhaha, a ruckus ensued. Um, and I, I don't know how bad it was, but apparently it wasn't good. Well, I wish I knew more about how they did the ticketing there because the Longland court is always full and the Chartier court is always empty. So I don't know what, what, why that is. I think it might be like the U.S. Open where the the main court gets you access to every court. Right. But the Longland court, you have to buy a specific seat. Huh. Um. 
because it seems like every time I watch, especially at the start of a day, it's empty in that Chatrier. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, this is what we have to look forward to the second week. They always do that simultaneous start on uh, both yeah. courts, which I hate. Yeah. They do it in the quarters and the semis, I think. And it's the worst, which in the women's, it may be okay. Cause we don't know half the players. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the only good thing about having chaos is that's true. There's only one match you really want to watch. Well, speaking of women's tennis, if we must, <laughs> and we must, and we shall when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. So women also play the French Open, right? <laughs> do they have equal prize money? They do. What? We don't. We can't hear any complaining about equal prize money. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know. Even with all these extended matches, so but the men are working. <laughs> don't start. Forty percent harder <laughs> for the same wages. That's right. I think. I think the first round woman in the men's champion should get paid the same. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to start talking about women's tennis that way. <laughs> it just happened by accident, I swear. I did, uh, to turn around to a positive note, I read a crazy stat on the way here that said yeah. Madison Keys has won or has made the round of 16 in like 13 of the last 17 Grand Slams. And they wow. were saying that was really consistent. And I said, you know, everybody says I bash Madison Keys. I said, yeah, but the problem with that is she's won zero. I said, if you, she would rather make four round of sixteens and win two, you know, than make thirteen and win zero. So I mean, yeah, that's well, impressive and it's consistent. Now she would, right? But, but it's all always, you know, would you, you know, rather be the Buffalo Bills and make it to four <laughs> Super Bowls and lose all four, or just make it to one and win it? Well, you know, in twenty nineteen, then obviously the Bills would say, yeah, we we already know what happens when you right. lose four in a row. <laughs> we like to win one, but prior to that, you don't know what the future holds, so you want to get to. You know, every single one of them. So. But I think praising her for that, it's like, well, I would say in yeah. almost all those, she was ranked in the top 16. So isn't she supposed to be in the round of 16? Like, I get it that other people, right. don't, do, I get it that right. other people don't do it, but she's kind of doing what she's supposed to be doing. Right. On paper, what you're predicted to do. Yeah. So I'm not going to, you know, fawn over her for that. I think that she's had a good tournament this week, but she's been kind of under the radar. Yeah. Everybody, Sloan has kind of gotten all the attention. Anna Samova keeps getting unknown opponents, so we don't even see her matches. But uh, yeah, it's been the women have been a wild ride. Um, but you know, I, if you look, I do this every time. I apologize completely. But if you look at the men's draw, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. All right, so here's the from top to bottom. We have Djokovic and Struff. So the one made it through, right? And then the next, which, you know, Struff, we know him, but, you know, unseated. Then we have Fonini, Zverev, the five and nine. That's a fantastic matchup. Right. Then we have Team Monfils, four and 14, fun. Yeah. Hatchinoff, Del Potro, 10 and eight, fantastic. We had Wawrinka Tsitsipas, six and 24. And I think Wawrinka is a little bit of a, you know, that's a, a false 24. Right. He's better than that. And then we had Federer and Meyer. <laughs> so we know one of them. 
Nisha Corey and Benoit Pair, and Benoit Pair's been top thirty, right? You know, so what? Are, I think he's in the forties now. Uh, and then we had Londero and Nadal. So a couple of those spots are like, eh. but for the most part, we had enough of the seeds come through. When I was going to say, you at least have a marquee player in every match. Every match, which isn't great because they're going to murder right. some children. And they did. I yeah. mean, Federer and Nadal just murdered their children. So now here's the women. The top line does not hold the one seed, obviously, Osaka <laughs> out. So Sineakova, and then you have Madison Keys. So we got Keys, but that matchup's not great as far as, like, you know, drawing power for right. fans. Okay, we have a- the next line is Ash Barty and Kennan. Now, Kennan had to upset the best player in the history of women's tennis. <laughs> I think Andy Murray would have something to say about that. <laughs> um, I don't know if it works in reverse but like I'm that. Okay but I'm okay with that. That yeah, yeah, Kennan yeah. beats somebody to get there. Right. So I'm fine with that. And then Ash Barty's the eight, obviously. So then we have Halep, the three, against Swiatek, or whatever her name is. <laughs> that sounds like a college. I went to Swiatek. Um <laughs> yeah, and then we have Anasova, Anasimova, and Balsova, the battle of the unknown ovas. Right. So that's not a good one. And then we got Stevens and Moogie, seven and nine. That one's over, obviously. But I'm just talking about the matchups we had. Then we have Joe Conta and uh, Vekic. And I think before this year, Vek Conta had never won a French Open match. Something and like now that. Now she's in the quarters. Uh, but she's a high enough name, and Vekic is a, high, a, a yeah. big enough name to where... Uh, and then we have Kanepi and Martic. Yeah, you, then you skip Vondrasova and Sevastova, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Vondrasova just destroyed her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow. So, in all honesty, the women's draw sucks. <laughs> now that I look at it. Well, you're going to have at least two unseated players in the quarters, and probably more like three or four, which is... Like in a, in the men's draw, that would be unheard of. Maybe you get one once a year. Well, if my argument has been that, I put it this way, I do think the fact that most of the time you can have some carnage in a Grand Slam on the women's side and you're still fine, I just think we've had so much that it's it's we're piecing together a tournament here, folks. Well, I think what I've what I was thinking about, I decided that the first week of a slam is awesome for the women, terrible for the men, and then it reverses in the second week. Because in the second week of the women's, you've got all these unknowns playing the best players that are left. Not this bad though, right? Th- normally th- not this, this bad. This is bad. But in the men's, we've got a bunch of incredible matchups because all the best players are still in. Now sometimes that works against us because it's the same matchups we see every tournament. But this time, there's enough variety. I mean, if we had Kanepi and Pliskova instead of Kanepi and, and Martic, right. that would be a huge difference. And obviously, if we had Osaka and Keys. And if we had Osaka and Keys. That would be great. And then we got Halep. I mean, I, I mean, we had Monica Puig. She was unseated before, and then the round before that, basically we lost. Well, what's sad is even if we get the best possible matchups, you're talking about Keys and Barty. Which is okay. I like that. Against ha- and then Halep and Anasimova. I don't like that. I do as an American, right. but it, it generally in tennis is not good. Now Stevens Conta is fun, right? And then and then which is already done. And the, I mean they're already and Vondrasova Martik will be the eleven a.m. match that nobody watches. On I, they need court. to put it at six a.m. <laughs> um, 
local time. <laughs> I need sprink. I need them to like have to run off the court because the sprinklers came on to wet down. To play the a night match without lights. There, they need to sweep their own courts. <laughs> that's not nice. That's so rude. But it's funny. That's all that matters to me. That's right. But I mean, so this. So for once in our lives, the men's draw looks better than the women's. And but that's just because it was in honor of D Day. It was like a, a Normandy invasion kind of <laughs> chaos in the women's draw. Well, and it it started so crazy with like Kerber losing in like the first two hours of the tournament. Yeah, uh, and then it was like it, it's it never stopped. It's funny how that happens. Yeah, just sort of they all went down. But and again, what's frustrating about that is that the next tournament it'll be the five women that knocked all those people out in this tournament. Never they'll from, be nowhere to be seen from. Never and there'll be from five again. other women in the next tournament. You know that's the frustrating part. So Osaka has looked awful the whole time. Oh my god! So that match with Azarenka was great though. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was by far the best women's match. Yeah, I think so. But well, I, yeah, in terms of level, I think the Kenan serena match was had me on the edge of my seat yeah because we're waiting for kenan to not right. come through um yeah. and we're waiting for and the, and the commentators kept saying oh here there's her primal scream that's usually when she turns it around <laughs> shut up and see i had the misfortune of watching that already knowing the outcome so i didn't have the drama. oh uh, bummer but even watching it you still think okay she's gonna bring it back and like no she's not gonna win but okay she's gonna make her work harder right and she really didn't outside of maybe a Kenan game. Kenan tried or to two. make herself work harder right. a little bit, which is understandable. You're playing, you know, the best player in the history of the game, et cetera, et cetera. And although she's not back to 100%, she's still a formidable opponent to anyone. Yeah. Um, it did not surprise me that she lost me because either. her footwork in the matches I saw was terrible. I, I haven't watched much of her matches at all. Not on purpose, just I haven't. It was She was always out of position. She, you know, just seemed like... she Again, she gets by with just overpowering strokes, but she was out of position so many times. She had a lot of easy sitters. She just blew also. And again, I think the wind had something to do with that. When your footwork is off, the wind really affects you even more. And this wasn't a first-round match, so for that reason, it gives me a little bit of hope so to speak for Kennan. yeah um because i mean you can beat somebody like that once then right. what you know what i mean yeah and so well and she's got i mean you're in the final 16 you got a shot you know one way or the other and if nothing else i mean you're in the second week so that's yeah, who was osaka before she won her first grand slam right yeah, I mean, all these players have Well, a she chance. was still Osaka. She didn't change <laughs> who she was, but yeah. I mean, so she's got Barty, who's... I mean, obviously, she's going to be a tough competitor. Um, but Kennan's got more power than I gave her credit for. And I think she's a little taller than I gave her credit for. <laughs> but I mean, she beats Williams. She beat uh, Serena. Beats um, Andrew Eskew. Well, they didn't play, but yeah. Oh, that's right. That was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on I mean, this that's dumb, not her fault. On this dumb draw, it doesn't show it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it just it doesn't show the score until you click on the actual match. Yeah. I'm, French Open, get your app. I to, hate this app. Get your app together. I apologize for making you. Use I figured out. You got to look at the printable version. That's the better way. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, she beat Sabalenka. Yeah, I mean, she beat. Well, like yeah, she beat Andrews if didn't play. She beat an unknown. So she really, outside of Serena, hasn't beaten anyone. All right. And Keys has played three unseated players. It's, it's kind of hard to get that excited about, 
you know, her and the, and they were not dominant wins. Yeah. Siniakova, even though she's unseated, is a pretty good player. So that, that will be her biggest test for sure. And then Halep, you know, she struggled her first two matches too. So none, nobody's been really dominant. In fact, I'm not sure. Barty may be the most dominant. Yeah, Barty hadn't lost a set. So, you know, they've got her as a second favorite behind Halep. And the commentators were kind of balking at that because she's never won or even made it to a final. Yeah, but again. <laughs> but who else is left? Didn't we start out the season talking about, oh, nobody's won more than one tournament all year and, two, yeah. and then only two people have done it thus far. Yeah, somebody new might win. I mean, that doesn't mean people that have never won a tournament won one, but nonetheless. I think Stevens has a great – I mean, this is probably her best chance since, you know, the Open that she won. Because, I mean, the only – player ranked better than her she would have to beat would be Halep in the final yeah and she's got I mean Conta who's not known for her clay court prowess and then either Martik or Vondrasova which you got to think they're going to be a little bit overwhelmed being in a grand slam you know semi but we'll see well I mean I would like obviously we want the higher seeds to come through in all these matchups theoretically that would be better for us in terms of quality tennis ideally <laughs> uh doesn't always work that way um but if we can get keys barty i think would be i think keys kennan would be good too well and i think part of the reason they realized they had to show stevens is because they're looking at the future and if you know stevens makes it to the semis it's gonna be her and martique well nobody really knows who that is so they they had to get some interest going towards stevens in case she makes it because right. they gotta have a reason for people to watch at the end right of course if it ends up being you know Conta and Martique that's not even like you said that'll be the 6 a.m. <laughs> showing under the sprinklers <laughs> well then you got I mean Halep you know hopefully for America for us for this podcast and Anna Samova wins and uh we'll play Halep and then I think Keys Barty I think Keys Barty would be potentially the best match of the tournament yeah because you've got somebody who's going to just slap the ball non-stop as hard as she can and keys and and Barty who can do a little bit of everything, um, and keys who has been known to not hold her nerves. <laughs> um, no offense. So we got I'm f- not saying it's hormonal. I'm just saying. <laughs> but so we got four Americans in the final sixteen, which is pretty amazing. Oh, by the way, I, to correct myself. So how many week, how many of that is women? How many are men? <laughs> All women. That's what I was going to get. So last week we said I said I didn't think that ever happened before that. No men had made it to the second round, which ended up Fritz made it like you predicted. But in 2007, apparently, zero men made it to the second round of the French Open. I did not remember that. Wow. I just read that online somewhere. So we're better this year than we were in 2007. Yikes. Um, Taylor Fritz getting crushed in the second round was our best showing. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um, but the women, we have four out of 16. That's a pretty good percentage. Oh, for sure. Better than any other country in there. So, And we've got players that are on the come up. Yeah. Ho- hopefully. I mean, hopefully this is, uh, you know, when we start getting onto hard courts, our American uh, players are, have a little better footing literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll continue their success. So I got a, got a corner. Are you ready for oh, it? Oh, baby. I'm gonna, it's stolen from the tennis channel, but I'm going to. Okay. I vastly disagree with them, so I'm going to say it. So they, at one point, posed the question, back when all these people were still in the tournament, which would be the most impressive achievement? Serena winning, Djokovic winning, Nadal winning, or Federer winning? 
winning the French. And then, and they would and the the first one was Serena because she would pass Margaret Court. That yeah, they did. Federer would hit his twenty first and his second French. Djokovic his second French, and then Nadal for twelve just straight does the same he always does. Yeah. Well, Federer they Serena was their pick because they said, oh, it's just you know she hasn't played all year. She like you said she'd be getting a twenty four. Um, and I, and again, all of them are impressive. So I'm not downgrading anyone. You know, you win the French Open, it's impressive. But to me, Serena winning the French after not playing all year is not impressive. She's done that for 10 of the 24 slams she won. It's like, <laughs> just doing stuff that she's already done. Like, that's not impressive. Yeah. I said Federer, but, but with this caveat, which again is not allowed in the poll, but still, number one, if he beats Nadal en route. If Correct. he does that, Correct. it's by far more impressive than any other possibility. Right, because we were cheated out of that on his first one. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a formidable opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Soderling. I mean, he beat it all, right? So that's something. Um, he thought that was, it was like the old NFC Championship. That was his Super Bowl. Well, you know, I read an article yesterday about, you know, this, we don't remember this now, but he played the day after Nadal lost. He played Tommy Haas in the quarters and Federer was down two sets to love in that match. Wow. And so, you know, he was seeing, he, they, they interviewed both of them for the story and and he was saying, yeah, I was thinking about how I had a chance to win my first French. And Tommy Haas was saying, yeah, I was thinking about how I had a chance to beat Federer. And, you know, I lost the third set and then I knew it was over. Wow. And it was pretty interesting. It was a pretty interesting article because it was like 10 years ago this week or whatever. Right. But, but it's crazy that he loses that match. Then he still got zero Frenches and obviously things could change after that or whatever. But but to me, him winning a second French, he would have two of every slam. He right. would beat Nadal, which is like the ultimate task in tennis, beating Nadal at the French. Right. And he would obviously increase to 21. I mean, you could argue Djokovic because he would have two Joker slams and he would have two, also have two of every slam. But to me, it's you've already done something. He's already done that, so it's not as big an achievement if you've already done it. Hmm. Federer's doing something he's never done. He would have beaten Nadal and won the French. And hasn't played it for the yeah, last two years. Yeah, but if you beat Nadal to win the French, I don't care if it's Federer, Djokovic, or you. Right. No, no. If it was you, that'd be pretty... <laughs> it'd, be, it'd wake up. Um, but, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think... But Federer gets I, a little more quick. He's 37. And I, think it's if, I think Federer also gets... I, I mean, he did it to himself, but he hasn't played on clay in two years. Right. That's what I'm... Yeah, that too. And so I don't think he's playing clay court tennis but he's playing on clay you I mean you still have to deal with the footing he's also had the a ridiculously easy draw which yes. drives me him and it all both which is driving me crazy yes um and now he's gonna play Warenka, who's gonna be exhausted and he's got like an 18 and 2 record against him or whatever but his bat his last loss at the french was against Warenka, so that still adds a little bit of intrigue to me in that match but it's becoming less impressive the the route he's had to get to because we thought he would struggle to make the second week. Well, we didn't know he was going to be playing, you know, a player from off the street in Paris in every round. <laughs> um, it's been pretty, pretty sad to watch actually. And they, I love the way they try to hype these matches. Of, oh, he's, he's playing Leonard Meyer. He's a big hitter. You know, he's clay court special. It's like, yeah, he's 80 in the world. Like who cares? Federer's probably beaten him 10 times before. Like I get that they have to sell the match, but it's just funny how they try to make it, you know, I was reading some preview of all the matches today, and it was like, oh, Federer and Myers, the second most interesting match of the day. I'm like, no, it's the least interesting. And it ended up being... Yeah, yeah. I mean... But 
but yeah, I just thought it was, of course they had to pick Serena and, and someone said, well, it's American, you know, they're going to American audience. I said, yeah, but Serena, she's won the French before she's won a tournament before without playing any lead ups. Like none of that would be new. And again, they're all impressive, but, and Nadal just gets punished because he's won this tournament so many times. It's like, Oh, big deal. You know, same old thing. He doesn't get any credit for winning because he's already won so many. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the sake of our argument, we either need Djokovic or Nadal to win, obviously, for the sake of greatest of all time argument to continue. Well, Djokovic is going to win because I'll pick the Joker slam (laughs) and I'm staying with it. And team looks horrible, so Djokovic (sighs) doesn't have to worry about him, I don't think. I don't know what is wrong with him. He looks Um, awful. Hello, he's next gen. That's all I mean. (laughs) But... I don't even remember this, but I guess he was in the finals last year. Yeah. I can't, for some reason, can't remember that, probably because the match was so short. Um, But he just, I mean, he was down, he was almost down two sets to one to Tommy Paul, who's not in the top 100 in the first round. They all stink, man. They stink. All of them. (laughs) And Federer, again, what I said last night, he, he just beats everyone so routinely, it makes him look amazing, which he is, but it's just... um. It's also them. <laughs> it really, I mean, I tweeted at a couple of people, Paul Anacone being one of them with the hashtag weakest air. Can we please get hashtag weakest air trending? I don't even know what trending means, but <laughs> I think people doing stuff makes it trend. So go right. do stuff. Not you, because you still don't have Twitter. No. I'm gonna, unbelievable. Well, I mean, one of the arguments for that is going to be when every quarterfinalist is 30 plus in this slant, which is very well, could be pretty close to that. Could be Fonini, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Nishikori. How about Fonini? Who wants who wants Fonini to win the French Open? I do. I would love. I that. do too. I think that would be amazing. I, I just wanted. To, I want him to get to one of the big four at least. Yeah, and then I'll be satisfied. Yeah. If he loses to Zverev, if anybody loses to Zverev, it's a bad day. But <laughs> I got a game plan for him. I didn't get my mill drop in. shot and then hit right at his forehand volley. No, <laughs> drop no, no, shot not, and then make the next shot. Not low. Yeah. Not away. <laughs> Ask him where he wants it. The opposite of what Orenga was doing. And hit it right there. Yeah. And he will fly that thing so far wide, he <laughs> might put a lines person's eye out. I whiffed, whiffed on my Millman prediction, but I was damn close. That was, Millman had him on the ropes uh, yeah, the I whole agree. match. And for some reason you like Millman, it's like you've met him before or something, <laughs> but you haven't. And he's and on, I didn't realize that it's all an Australian playing on clay, so that in hindsight that was not the best <laughs> prediction. Yeah, but it's also Zverev right. playing. Well, I know that's tennis. The, that was my thinking. That would overrule not Misha. That would overrule anything. I would pick Misha over anybody that Zverev plays. <laughs> I, like if if he could sub in his brother, I would yeah. let him do it. I would make that a rule <laughs> on the ATP tour. You can sub in your brother for one match. I've got these. I don't care if they're listening, if they are, whatever. I was going to say, I've got these two identical twins that play on one of my teams. And I've always like thought about like, wouldn't you guys just sub out? Like one of you's having a bad day. Wouldn't you like go to the bathroom and just switch? And like, who's going to know you come out and say, Oh, what was the score again? <laughs> like that. I just, well, you don't even have to ask that. I mean, they're allowed <laughs> to talk to each other. Presumably they would pass <laughs> each other in the bathroom. Right. Um, and I, I just, I just have always thought that would be, it's like do, having a clone. Do they use the same racket? Good question, but that's a pretty observant opponent. What you would do is both of them would have both rackets right. in their bag. <laughs> and if one just wasn't feeling it that day, she'd go in, she'd switch rackets, start playing with the sister's racket. Right. It's, I don't know, it's not the racket. It's not, I, 
I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to my other one. I don't know. But at first, I got to pee. Right. And then, and then she'll run. And then her sister will come back out and pull whichever her racket is out. Because it'd be in the same bag. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, All right. I'm liking this system. I'm taking notes here. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, I just. Zverev has made it through somehow. And he's exactly like last year. He's going to run out of gas because he's played way too long against inferior opponents. Yeah. So. So what is our dream final on both sides at this point? Cancel the women's draw. <laughs> Kidding. I mean, you could say Keys and Stevens just to be a homer. Well, well, let's start with the women since the women's draw sucks this year. <laughs> um, it does. So tell us man. what you really feel. It really does. I would like to see Stevens Halop. Because that's going to validate Stevens' win if she wins. Right. Right? You've got somebody who is built for playing clay court tennis, and that's Halep. And they're both Grand Slam winners. And so I think that would be that would be a fun – and I think – Was it the French they played their long three-setter? I don't remember. So anyway, but that, I think that would be my ideal one because I w- ideally I want an American to win for all things holy, uh, for the love of all things holy. But uh, I think we're, the way the draw sets up because I don't want Kennan to get to the semis and fall apart. Yeah, so that was just that would be a rematch of last year's final. That was when Halep, remember Stevens ran out of gas oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Halep yeah. beat her in the third yeah. set. Yep, yep, yep. So that's some little extra motivation there. Yeah, so I think that would be fun. One, it would um, make some continuity. You know, in women's tennis, you could kind of equivocally say, okay, these are the two best, you know, women on clay right, right. now because they did it two years in a row. Right. Or, you know, if, I mean, the problem is if Stevens doesn't make it, she would have lost to either Kanta or Mardik or Vondrasov. Right. And I'm sorry, none of those in the final are getting me excited. I I will watch still, but yeah. Well, yeah, agreed. she's the only one in that section. What if it's Swiatek and Vondrasova? <laughs> <laughs> they might cancel the tournament next year. Again, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable about tennis i have never heard of switek or bolsova so they need to hurry and get out dare you (laughs) sir um so that would be i think that would be my prefer so a rematch but obviously i'd like to see uh stevens win but keys i wouldn't be upset because she's super talented obviously she can make it to a grand slam final she did that would be pretty ironic for her to win her first slam on clay well i would hate to see her play stevens again after what happened last time yeah, but I mean, she might want that. I mean, yeah, maybe. You would think playing somebody you've been playing with coming up all through juniors, you'd be more comfortable and it, you'd play better. But man, what an awful U.S. Open that was! <laughs> Ugh. Well, anyway. that's the good thing. We know it can't be much worse than that. True, true. So, so Swiatek is one hundred and four in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right now, right. So, I mean, does that generate some interest if she makes the final? Oh man, number one hundred and four in the world is in the final. No. And no. she's only 18. I didn't realize she was that young. Not one bit. <laughs> Iga is her name. Iga? Iga or Iga. She's Polish. What uh, What do we got on the men? What's yours on the women? Did I steal your thunder? No, I mean, you have to go with Stevens in that half just because yeah. it's, you know, there's nobody else. Maybe, for some reason, I'm getting all, like, Twitter on my Facebook for some reason. I mean, on my uh google and nothing else but good anyway, good um good what have you done to my phone nothing but I um yeah i mean i would be fine with uh stevens barty just because barty seems you know 
cool and she hasn't made one made a final yet so she's due yeah that would be interesting but yeah otherwise yeah so is 137 so and both it says doubles below their name even though that's their singles ranking i don't know why it says doubles but she's 137 the other girl's 104 so you have two players outside the top 100 that you're, are still in the draw well you're looking at the draw on an iphone one <laughs> so I, I don't think there's something some compatibility issues possibly <laughs> but um yeah i mean either of those Halep, obviously, anytime the same person wins two years in a row, there's it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of anticlimactic, but it's also... No, it's only anticlimactic on the men because <laughs> women have to fight it out yeah. to do it. Yeah, she won't... We know if she wins, it's not going to be easy. Right. And I think having her in the final is always interesting because she's always going to have her lapses of Well, and she's whatever. always super intense also. So she could be up six oh five one, and I'm still going to watch the last game just in case <laughs> you know, sure. something happens. What about on the men's? I'll let you go first on this one. I mean, now that Tsitsipas is out. Did he lose? <laughs> I can't. Was, I can, it, was it for medical issues? Did he get a concussion <laughs> from himself? Self-imposed. I cannot say Djokovic and Nadal because I just. I know. I've seen it's, it too many times. I know it's empty. And, and I'm not going to say team and Nadal, certainly. God, I'm going to hate myself for saying this too, but I guess I'm going to say Djokovic and Federer. Just because they both want that so bad, I think that would be a really yeah. interesting match to see, you know, how they both handle that situation. Well, Djokovic Nadal wouldn't have been. Well, it's still hard to say how impressive that is because again, Nadal sort of wavered in his dominance this year. Right. You know, he hasn't looked great at times um, and had lesser of a clay season than he's had in a while. But again, as you stated earlier. I mean, beating Nadal at the French is sort of the Mount Everest of mountains of right. tennis. So I, that that's what I, in order for my prediction to to take hold, that would be the best way for it to continue. Right, is the Djokovic slam is for him to beat Nadal. But at the same time, if somebody, you know, if he if Djokovic is in the finals against. Um, Federer, then that means Federer and Nadal probably had a knockdown dragout, and Federer had a knockdown dragout with Rorinka. I hope. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Do you see any chance Federer can beat Nadal at this tournament? Yeah. I just don't see it. I, yeah, I do. Because I just think, and yeah, Federer's got a little bit of a win streak going against him, but I did not, Nadal has beaten him so soundly right. on clay yeah. so many times. I think there's less pressure on Federer. I yeah. think I think also I think something he's seen maybe Paul Anacone was talking about it on the television set um, that more people are coming to the net at the French than usual. When well, he's and, definitely figured out how to make short points even on clay, yeah, which so, is what he would have to do. Be his only chance, I would think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you you attack that backhand, you know, wide, and you just have to guess right sometimes, and sometimes you just have to be. Discipline and be where you're, you know, you're supposed to be for the for the first volley. And, well, and I uh, could see a reverse situation of when, you know, Djokovic beat Nadal. I could see Federer beating Nadal in the semis and losing to Djokovic in the final because he's so, you know, spent, relieved and spent and, to beat Nadal. And that was Nadal. his Super Bowl, so to speak. He got so amped up for it. In the meantime, Djokovic, you know, beats team probably pretty <laughs> easily or someone else. And he's completely fresh for the final. Team breaks a world record for shank backhands. <laughs> but Djokovic... He does. I mean, he's got a mental edge over Nadal and Federer. 
So I, th- I think he does now. He's I think they look at him like he is the young, unstoppable. Even though he's not young, he's younger than they are, and he's just unstoppable. Physically, yeah, I don't think Federer goes into that final with any confidence. Physically, he's unstoppable compared to them. He can just do. I mean, Nadal's next, but then Federer really Federer physically can you know spell himself during matches he can like you said making points shorter so he can manage nadal cannot manage his physicality on the court no he can't because that's the way he plays but and we've also seen that i don't care if jokic plays six hours in the semi he's going to be normal in the final and so even if team battles him to 10 8 in the fifth and he plays Federer in the final it's he's still going to be normal well the upside is theoretically well, I guess not both both halves. I guess it could it could be just a walk through the park for Djokovic to the finals. Yeah, that's for what Federer. I mean. It's not. I it could be. I guess if it was fluky, but I mean, playing having to play Warinka and then Nadal, right? Even if he wins them both, I can't imagine he'd win both of. Maybe maybe after that five setter with seats of pass and all the kind of ups and downs, maybe he's a little bit whatever and doesn't bring it against Federer, but. Um, but Federer doesn't have like he doesn't have a break game on clay, you know that's going to be that dominant. Yeah. So he's going to have to be out there. You but I think at least six four, six four, six four. But at, he, no, not necessarily because he doesn't need one because he's got more. Again, we're on clay, and so while Nadal does have an improved, bigger serve than he did years ago, he's still on clay. Yeah, and he's got to deal with the leftiness. But he's played him a thousand. He's played him in every final of every Grand Slam that Djokovic <laughs> hadn't been in since 1978. <laughs> so um, he's used to his serve by now, and plus, give him a little extra time on clay. I think he's going to work magic against him in terms of the return game. Um, yeah, I hope that Warinka can at least push Federer to make that interesting, and then you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I would say, man. Warinka could really take him out, but it's just how does he come back from that yeah. tough, you know, physically and emotionally draining match? Well, and that's why I don't think CC Posh should feel that bad. I mean, obviously he feels horribly just lost, you know, in a Grand Slam and eight six in the fifth. But he yeah. would have had to beat Warinka, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic to win this tournament. I mean, yeah. that's just not happening, right? Um, and he would have had a real hard time against Federer, just like Warinka probably will after that long of a match. Maybe. Who so. knows? But again, Nadal Federer hasn't, hasn't played anybody yet. Well, that's to me, they're totally unknown, literally, because I feel like they haven't even been challenged at all. I mean, I really have no idea how to assess either of their games right now because they've played no one. Yeah. So. Holy moly. It would be kind of crazy if they both won easily in this round and then play each other in the semi without really, you know, us knowing what to expect. Well, you know, you know, one of the best things, um, the French Open, when you're watching it. What's that? Is you're watching clay court, t- you know, mat- tournament matches, and then they go to a commercial and they start talking about grass is coming up. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Aside from them needing to spread these two out a little bit from each other, Wimbledon and the French, I mean, what a swing. Yeah, they're already promoting the grass court tournaments like, yeah. next week. Yep. So I heard there could be one that's, I bet there's one that plays this like tomorrow <laughs> for all the people. I bet like for uh, the lower level right. people that are out already. Well, if this studio had internet, Michael, <laughs> he does, our producer uh, person, editor person, doesn't listen to our podcast. Even no, he'll never know. Even when he's editing it. Um, but there's no internet in this studio right now. It is down. 
We've been, I've been using Luckily, minutes. We've memorized all the I've been results. using data for you people. I said minutes. <laughs> minutes I was going to say, minutes. what year is this? <laughs> in 2001. <laughs> Remember when texts used to cost, individually used to cost money? I, luckily, I never had that. But that uh, Well, you're using a phone that remembers. <laughs> <laughs> Still has that option. Are you sure you want to spend this nickel for this text? It's that important. Oh, man. I was so happy when you weren't gone, but I'm even happier that you're back. <laughs> oh, man. Please stay alive. Well, we have a lot to look forward to, and our next ma- next broadcast is right after the final. Man, provided no rain delay or this is the last year of no indoor courts there, right? I don't know. I thought I like him a- to throw a light up. Can you throw a light up? What <laughs> well, are you, did you doing? See the court they built that has By the, the way, tree. <laughs> you know what the nickname for Paris is? City of Lights. The City of Lights. <laughs> And what? they don't have a light one. Did you they're love? walking around there like Scrooge McDuck with a candle, and they probably got a, a stocking cap on. Is it walking around the courts? This is ridiculous. What is it? The seventeen hundreds? <laughs> Candlelight on the chair empire's uh, stand. No, I love that they built that new court, and they have a giant tree right next to it that puts a like a shadow uh, uh, right in the center of the court. <laughs> that was perfect. By the way, two things that don't go together. You and podcast and <laughs> tennis courts and foliage of any yeah. kind. All it does is blow leaves, although they have a, cr- a crew for that. But yeah, the tree is literally probably it's higher than the stadium and it's right next to the court and it's like their second or third biggest court. Yeah, that was, you know, trees next to a court always sound like a great idea until like you get there the next morning. <laughs> and you're like, oh, was I thinking? Oh, six months. Moly. Any other tidbits? I think that's it. Man, what an episode. This should We'll save the mixed doubles review for We next should have time. at least ten downloads for this one. <laughs> at least. Now that you're back, maybe twelve. That's right. All right. Well, that's our midweek French Open episode. I and I really am excited about the men's <laughs> second half for once. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I just like the way you phrased it. <laughs> I'm excited about the men's. Yeah, the men's only. <laughs> no, I was going to say I'm excited about the men's for once in my life. Yeah. And actually not as excited for the women top to bottom. I mean, right. there's there's individual players that I'm excited about if they come through. But on the men's side, it's almost all the way through. It's like, all right, cool. Um, so And how awful would that have been, by the way, if Osaka lost her number one ranking to some other loser? <laughs> Yeah. Like they were saying Pliskova could have been number one if she made like the semis, even though she's never won a Grand Slam ever again. It would have been like the fourth or fifth time that's happened. Right. To so, her. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully that didn't happen. Osaka should be number one, even though she didn't look like it. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't know what her deal is. Who knows? Um, that's all right. just not her surface, I don't think. Maybe. Uh, all right. So for the last time, is that it? That's it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Good answer. Hey, don't forget to check us out on Twitter. Um, don't look for Corey. He won't be on Twitter. No. Uh, but the, the Tennis Rev Pod, at Tennis Rev Pod on Twitter, that's where you can get tweets on uh, with links to our episodes. But don't do that. Just go subscribe for the love of all things. Holy, it's so much easier when you do the work for me <laughs> and I don't have to send it out to you. Well, it's really not work for anybody. Um, and then, of course, Instagram. We are just stuck at 115. I think we went up to 116. I was going to say, it went up since last I heard. And then somebody bailed. <laughs> they were like, where are the pictures? Oh, no. Oh, even better. We're at 114. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I keep creating these fake accounts and then adding them and deleting them just to vex you. Oh, I'm vexed. <laughs> so I can't figure out why nobody would join. We have zero pictures. That's, that's the reason why they right. join. It's a goof, I think. Uh, so, yeah. So, by all means, Tennis Revolution Pod at Instagram. 
And uh, I mean, maybe they want pictures. Maybe the fans want pictures of what not I don't of, know. Not of us. No, sure. we're not. No, my lunch <laughs> or my Starbucks hot tea with honey yeah. because I'm like a diva and I've got to have my voice right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why you would. But uh, by the way, go to iTunes and rate and review. No, don't review us if that means rating out stuff. Don't do that kind of work. That's Nobody ridiculous. Does that. Just hit the five stars. Yeah, I think that's a thing because we do no promotion except for Twitter and Facebook. And right. Facebook. Does anybody even use Facebook anymore? No one under a hundred. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but yes, I do though, and I'm under a hundred. <laughs> I do too. But so go. Yeah, but. It, just get Twitter. Would you just get Twitter? <laughs> but yeah, go to iTunes, rate and review us or Spotify because we're on Spotify. We're on uh, all the other places. Go to all those places. I don't know how it all works. We're omnipresent. We're everywhere. Ooh, look at you. Big words. Literary <laughs> genius Charles that you Dickens. are. Hey. All right. So go do all that and help us grow this podcast. I can't take it anymore. It's growing too slow. It does grow, though. Almost every week until you left, it really shot up and now we're back down to normal. But uh, but we're growing for sure, but it's just steady like a tortoise. That's right. I want to be the hare. I don't care if we lose the race. I just want to go fast. <laughs> that sounds like every tennis player I've ever taught. I just want to hit it hard. Exactly. So that's the story of my life. So anyway, so do all that and everything else and other things that I didn't think of. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bye, Serena. Bye.